Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100 Hits Volume Pod. My name is Josh Earl, and joining me... For the first time to the podcast, please welcome into your ears, welcome into your hearts. It's Lizzie Who, yay! Yay! Hey, Lizzie. Hey, thanks Th- for having me. Thanks for doing this. Oh, pleasure. Now, we've never talked about music before. No. But you're wearing a Smash I, and Pumpkins I am. t-shirt. I know. I thought I'd wear it. Well, look, I haven't really taken it off because I went to the concert that they did um, just uh, recently. The one outside of Melbourne? It, oh, no, this one oh. was in Port Melbourne yep. in this, like, warehouse space. I like that they were performing in different places. Yeah, and yeah. I think they uh, actively tried to keep it kind of small. Yeah. Well, they played Crowell Castle. Yeah, that would have been really yeah. cool. So for those out of Melbourne, that is like a medieval time style yeah. place. Yeah. yeah, weird. I heard it was freezing. That's I did know someone that yeah. went there, so it was really okay. cold. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was the best. Is like, that the type of music you're into? I think I was into it. Growing up yep. in those formative years, yeah, definitely. So it's one of those like real nostalgic sounds. Yeah. Which mm. is what is selling tickets these days. Totally. The nostalgia tour. I just, look, I, yeah. I went and saw Regurgitator and Custard <gasps> the other month and it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, you look around and go, I might be the youngest person here. And, oh, and I'm yeah. 41 years old. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I was kind of young listening to them growing up, like Smashing Pumpkins growing up. So, yeah. yeah, it was a real mix though. It was like my nephew was there Yeah, and he's like 22. I so, Of all mm. those bands from that kind of era, they've aged very well mm. because I think Billy Corgan took a lot of time in the studio layering mm. the guitars. Okay. Apparently there was 82 guitar tracks on one song. Really? Whereas other bands would just go, oh, we'll just do like a four-track recording and plug in and play. Ah. And so it hasn't aged as well. I've got, okay, yeah. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Now, this podcast is all about the 100% Hits compilations. Did you mm. ever have any as a kid? I I reckon I must have. I do remember owning a lot of hit machines, yep. which is a similar that's what the, That's what the Patreon is. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. all about hit machines. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love so, that. So you've got a... You got a brother. I know you got a brother. Two older brothers. Older brothers. Yeah. Did they influence you what you were listening oh, to? Oh, hugely. Yeah. Especially. So one brother is a lot older than me. He's nine years older than me. Yeah. And then the middle brother, he's only two years older than me. But he, I just did whatever he did. Yeah. Right. So whatever he was listening to, I was listening to. And I don't know if you ever bought the CDs on the back of the TV scene. You remember that on the back of like the back page of the TV guide yeah. that you got? Every week, uh, there was this like order your CDs and tapes. Yes, do you remember that? I remember that we mm. were we were in my parents were. It was almost like a pyramid scheme where it was yeah. like you sign up at the start and you got yeah. four for like ten bucks. Yeah, and then you had to pay each month for extras that you didn't even want. That's right. Yeah, we did that. 
<laughs> now, did you get to choose your own ones? No, because, well, sometimes, but my brother, Damien, he would be like, well, if you like this, you're going to love this. Yep. And then I'd be like, okay. And so basically we just got whatever CDs Damien wanted to. Do you remember what your first album was? Uh, yes, it was Garbage, the pink. Oh, we've talked so much the about CD. Garbage. Yeah. The CD, yeah. yeah. The first tape I got was <laughs> Taylor Dane's Soul Dancing. I think we've played something from that on the show as well. Yeah, you probably. So I remember I've talked about my first my first CD and yeah. listeners know that. So it's mm. uh, the Lemonheads. Oh but yeah. The first the tape I got was mm-hmm. when I was seven years old, and mm. it was the cast single of Rick Astley's "Never Gonna Give You Up." Oh, wow. Which is so weird because it's still current. He just it played is. Glastonbury. What? That's right. He yeah. Did. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Mm-hmm. Now this year we're talking about is the year two thousand. Ooh. How much do you remember of the year 2000? Heaps. I was in grade 11, so yeah. almost senior at school, Y2K. Yeah. Yeah, this was big. Yeah. So mm. I, I was first at uni and it was uh, that thing where a lot of these songs coming out, I would be like, oh, as if I'm ever going to listen to that. And now yeah. I look back and go, actually, that was a fun pop song. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like so much of your... Um, Personality was tied up in like a genre of music, and oh, now I do look back. I'm, I'm like, glad you yeah. said so much. I'm going to say all all my personality <laughs> yeah. is just what music I could bore people at parties about. Oh, you should yeah. like this. You should listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're going to kick off. Okay. Side B, Volume Thirty, Australian artist. We mm. talked about her a few weeks ago, uh, and her song "One of Us Has Changed." This is Alicia Rome, and her song "Search My Heaven." Does it sound familiar at all? Sounds very of the time. Yeah. This doesn't (laughs) ring any bells for me. Maybe that is the first time I've heard that song. I don't remember it at all. I don't remember it. Now, this we talked about it last, like, two episodes ago. So uh-huh. we know she's from Adelaide. Okay. We know she moved to the UK. Okay. She changed her name to Ivy York when she was over there mm. and she signed to Rough Trade Records. Mm-hmm. So that's like a prestigious record mm. label, Sign the Smiths, Sign the Strokes, all that kind of stuff. She left the music industry, quite sadly, because she has spasmodic dysphonia. Which sounds like a Flaming Lips album, but what it is mm. is when the muscles in your vocal cords can't be controlled anymore. Oh no! Terrible if you're a singer. Yeah. Not even good if you're not a singer, but if you're a singer, it is devastating. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So this was her second single. It did better than her first single. Her first mm-hmm. single, one of us has changed, got to fifty-six. This peaked at number twenty on Ooh. the Aria charts. And I've done lots of research trying to there's nothing on the internet about this okay it just tells you 
when it was released on Discogs, where it went. Uh, so I went to the YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. So people have been saying they remember this from the 90s. A lot of the comments are saying they don't make songs like this anymore. <laughs> not saying if that's a good thing or not. But then there's this, and I don't know if this is true, right. but this is from YouTube commenter RegalTip 8A. <laughs> yes. I heard all that Britney crap as well at the time. I was going out with Alicia from 98 to 99. It was my idea to change her surname from Rouse to Rome. So her real name's Alicia Rouse. Truth is, management was incompetent and Alberts, that's the recording company, did not have a clue how good her voice really was. I used to hear her nail Mariah Carey tunes, but they gave her nursery rhymes to record. If you search Nando Pedinato, you'll see a Hey Hey at Saturday performance. I'm the drummer. (laughs) I hope she's now doing well. (laughs) Oh, Regal Tip 8A. I believe it. You you reckon Regal Regal and Alicia? How could he make that up? So he, he put that online three years ago. Okay. That's before the pandemic. So I can't even blame that he was just like lonely. You're just yeah. looking up exes on YouTube going, I'm going to comment. I'm going to say that she was better than we all we all wow. thought. But I, I believe it because it's it sounds so, it's nice. Like yeah. It's, he's saying like, yeah, she got badly done by. Yeah. I believe, I believe Regal Tip. There's another comment which was. From Regal Tip. No, from oh, okay. Grant Rob 05. Okay. <laughs> when she came to Adelaide in South Australia in 99, I was her bodyguard at a nightclub for the night and her manager claimed that she was going to be the new Britney. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe that was Regal Tips. So, well, that, that, <laughs> that is in line with Regal Tips. They yeah. wanted her to be the new Britney, Britney and her manager saying, yeah, she was going to be the new Britney. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing now. Well, not, not music, unfortunately. Mm. Did, did you see the Britney clip during the week in Vegas? Oh, I heard about this, how she was beat up or something. Well, she was slapped. It's, yeah, it started off that she was slapped by security. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. this uh, new NBA player called Victor Wembanyama, mm. uh, who's seven foot five. Right. And she wrote a big post saying, hey, I saw him in the hotel lobby that morning and then I saw him out. And I thought, oh, it's a sign. I should go say hello to him. Mm. So I went up and I tapped him on the shoulder and his security slapped me in the face. Oh. And then you show, they see the video and he's walking away. Mm. And the security aren't looking at her, and she runs up and goes to reach out for him, and they just bat her hand away, and then she hits herself in the face with it. Oh! <laughs> and I knew, I knew it wasn't real when she said, "I tapped him on the shoulder." I'm like, "You're five Yeah, five. she'd have to jump. Yeah, to tap him. Yeah. So yeah, it was okay. One of those stories was like, okay. it's, "There's no story there," but it's All kind right. of funny. Okay. Anyway, that's enough. Thanks, Alicia Rome. Thanks, Alicia. I wonder if you'll be back on the podcast. Mm. I don't know. All right, we talked about this band last week as well. Okay. This is the Nick Lachey band, 98 Degrees, and their song, I Do, brackets, Cherish You. Close those brackets. This is a bit boys to men. So boys to men. (laughs) Like almost a decade after boys to men. So slow. Yeah, I'm waiting. Come on. <laughs> when you smile, I can feel all my passion unfolding. Your hand brushes mine, and the thousand 
This is beautiful. <laughs> I'm about to cry. <laughs> it's the type of music that teenage girls think they'll lose their virginity to. Yeah, like, totally. Light some candles and yeah. play this. All right. Wow. Thanks, Nick and Thanks, the boys. Nick. Okay, so this was uh, this is a cover. Uh, oh. It's actually a, a country song first. Oh, okay. So... They did this a bit in the 90s where they yeah. just got a popular country song and then they took all the twang off it and made it a pop song. Okay. So this is originally it was performed by Mark Wills. He didn't write it but it was his song. It was a top ten hit on the US country charts in 98, so oh. only a year before they mm. released it. Uh, so this is uh, their version. It got a huge boost when it was on the Notting Hill soundtrack. Oh. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I if- can't even place it in the I don't know if it's in the film. Though. Oh, okay. Do you know how sometimes they would just chuck just, stuff on it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe okay. they played it. It was the second song in the in the credits. Yeah. Okay. But it, yeah, we talked about that movie two episodes ago. Mm. So this song got to thirteen in the states. Right. Got to twenty three here. Mm. Now ninety eight degrees. I should also point out is thirty six degrees in Celsius. Okay. So so hot, so, but not crazy hot. Just like a a summer's it's day. A nice temperature. What, <laughs> yeah. What's your ideal temperature? I think my ideal temperature is like twenty eight. Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree. 20, yeah. I like I like hot days at cool nights. Yeah, yeah. So twenty seven, twenty eight. That's yeah, perfect. That's nice. But if it drops down to like eleven, twelve at night, yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. Don't like windy days. No wind. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. Much prefer rain than wind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So last time they were on, we talked about Nick Lachey a lot. He was kind of the standout. So I want to talk about Jeff Timmons. Okay. So he was, we mentioned him last time. He was the one who was at uni, or college I should say, he wanted to be an NFL player. So okay. he had a football scholarship. He wasn't going to the NFL. He was at a party. Him and his friends started singing. Some girls said, you've got a nice voice. So he moved to Hollywood to try and make it as a singer. Wow. Yeah. So he had an okay voice, but what he really had was a good body. <laughs> so after 98 Degrees, they went on hiatus. Yep. Didn't break up, just hiatus. He released a solo album. It went fine, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I think it got in the 30s or 20s in the, in the States. But then in 2011, he joined the Chippendales. Oh, great. The, yeah, have you seen the uh, Disney uh, mini is it no, series about no, the Chippendales? No, I haven't. So Kamal Nanjiani plays the... Owner of the Chippendales. Okay. And the owner of the Chippendales was a bit of a sociopath. Okay, okay. And so, anyway, this is 2011. Uh, According to reports coming from his camp, he elevated the performance of the Chippendales. Yes. He made it more than just a strip show. He was singing. He was dancing. He was also doing a bit of MC work. Love this. All-rounder. The owner of the Chippendales was annoyed and said, you're not bigger than the Chippendales. (gasps) So he left and created his own male review show called The Men of the Strip. (laughs) And in 2014 they made a documentary series for the E! Network all about The Men of the Strip and he said it's one part Magic Mike, one part Sex in the City. What? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's all about at the end of the day he said they are family and that's what it's about. Oh, it's about their connection. How As a pitch... I'd say that's a pretty good pitch for a, a network saying, hey, 
It's Magic Mike yeah. meets Sex in the City. Sell me. Yeah. Ma- okay, we got Magic Mike meets, you guessed it, <laughs> Sex in the City. Have you, have you, I've never been to a male review show. Oh, I saw Magic Mike live. When it was down, yeah, down by re- the river? Like just before, well, I was still living in Sydney. Okay. And I remember uh, my friend and I had tickets and it was the night Gladys said to us, if you don't have to go out tonight, don't go out because we're going into lockdown yep. imminently. And my friend and I were like, if we're going to go out on Magic Mike, we're going out on Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so great. We were, and it it was oh, amazing. The energy in the room must have been, this is it. This is the last Well, time. no, like half the, it was empty. Oh. It was pretty much, I think a lot of people took Gladys's message yep. on board, um, except for maybe the people that live kind of close by. But I went and it was quite, it was a really good production. Yep. It, it was so funny. It was one of the funniest things. And it was at the Entertainment Centre, which is right next door to the Sydney Comedy Store. Yeah. And honest, better than anything I've ever seen at the Comedy Store. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Because <laughs> I've never, I have seen Le Clique, which was like oh. kind of a, is it cabaret? Is it burlesque? I don't know what it is, oh, okay. but it was like they get a bunch of different performers and one of them was the guy, he was famous because he would do the bath routine. Oh, yes. It was just a strip show. Like, yeah, it was just a strip yeah, routine yeah. in a mm-hmm. bath. Yeah. And it was that thing because it was the Spiegel tent. Mm-hmm. And Spiegel tent, it's a, a nice place to go watch something. Yeah, it is. It's at the art centre there. It's artistic. <laughs> as soon as he came out in the bath, it was like this has changed from the Spiegel tent <laughs> to a fucking crazy horse. <laughs> yeah. There were women... Jumping out of their seat as he on the trapeze over them, like trying to touch him. And I'm like, it's still the arts, people. We still yeah. have to respect some boundaries here. I believe that this, I believe as soon as my people start stripping, women go but crazy. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just women. I think oh, okay. I, I, a friend of mine wrote a play once where one of the, it was a bunch of different scenes and one of the scenes was, uh, it was a, um, uh, Life drawing class. Oh, okay. And the model got naked and then had a heart attack and died, but they died in such a great, like the shape was so great that the art teacher was like, actually, hold off, look at this, let's all draw. And that was the that was the, the scene. <laughs> and the, my friend who wrote it couldn't find anyone to do it, so she played the, the naked model. Mm-hmm. And when she disrobed, there were people in the room jumping out of their seats to try and get a better look at her. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the theatre. Come on. Michelle's up there. She's acting, people. Like, give us, like, you'll see it. It's a small theatre. You're going to see. Like, yeah. But people were really craning their necks trying to get a look at her. Oh, wow. Yeah. But so weird seeing Mm. your friends nude. Yeah. In an artistic way. Especially afterwards because you have to tell them about the performance. You're great. Play's great. Yeah. Yeah, because you want, you want. You, when your friends come to see you, want they're yeah. the people you want them to say like, "Oh, that was great." You just want one, one, one compliment. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Ninety-eight degrees. <laughs> All right. So two songs. I, ha- I have no idea. All right. Well, maybe you might know this one. Okay. I think this could be the perfect song for this compilation series. Okay. It's pop. Doesn't take itself seriously. Mm-hmm. It's three minutes twenty seconds. Perfect. This is Australian Outfit, Jackson Mendoza. And their song, Venus or Mars. And it's not on Spotify, so I'm playing it from YouTube, which is a rip from Video Hits. Okay. You're the sun and 
going on in the song. Yeah. All right. Stop I mean, it, there. It's, it sounds familiar, but I think it's just because it's this, of the style. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like, do you remember Shampoo? Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Yes. It's that kind of yeah, fun, kind true. of like uh, take no shit. Yeah. We're going to have fun. It's not taking itself too seriously. So this is about uh, the band, okay? okay. Very short-lived. Yeah. Two sisters, okay, Natalie and Rebecca Jackson Mendoza. So their surname is Jackson Mendoza. Mm-hmm. This song was written by the production team The Matrix, which we'll talk about a bit later. But first, we'll talk about the band. Two singles only. This and one called Ordinary Girl. Both songs peaked at twenty-four on the charts. Okay. So I'm not sure if the same amount of people bought both singles. Mm. That's it. Uh, Natalie is an accomplished actor both stage and screen. She's performed on the West End in yeah. Miss Saigon mm-hmm. and on Broadway in <clears throat> Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, the musical. Right. Do you know this musical? No. Oh, didn't make it past. <laughs> I, I, I think they had like um, previews yeah. and then it was so much money. You too wrote the music for it. Yeah. Um, the guy who came up with it, uh, Started it from his son said, Dad, can you turn off the dark? Meaning, can you turn the lights back on? That's that's where turn off the dark okay, comes from. Okay. Everyone was getting injured. Oh. Natalie Jackson Mendoza was one of those people who got injured in the lead up to it. She was in the, um, so just in a uh, preview, got injured backstage because there were so many harnesses and all this, like, they were flying oh. around doing Spider-Man tricks, people getting hurt. What? Yeah. And they had to camp. They just had Couldn't. to Just it. too much money. Oh, okay. That was just hemorrhaging money. Wow. And, uh, yeah. But you can, there is uh, on, I think it's on Letterman, they had the cast come and do a song and it is batshit insane. Okay. It is so, cr- I mean, I I'm not a fan of musicals anyway, mm. but this one seemed to be like, this is crazy. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. So she also was in Moulin Rouge, the, the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played the lead dancer, China Doll. Okay. In the film. Uh, now, Rebecca, her sister, is also a stage actor. Uh, she's also played the lead in Miss Saigon. Uh, she played Queen Briha Organa in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Mm. I, I've watched it. I don't know who that character mm-hmm. is. I'm sure there's people out there going, oh, she's in one scene mm. and they kind of go past her. Uh, but this is a fascinating story about her. Um, she survived being stabbed in the chest by her estranged husband. <gasps> He was also an actor. They met on a show called Showboat. Uh, they had a daughter. Daughter wasn't very old. I think it was only six months old. They were estranged. He came to her house, attacked her, like <gasps> stabbed her in the chest, 
she lost so much blood she went into a coma. She was on life support for four days and her estranged husband left and killed himself. Oh. Yep. That's awful. Awful. She then came out of coma, did all the rehab. Her whole thing was she wanted to be able to pick up her daughter. Her daughter was six months by the time she could pick her mm. up again. Um, and uh, she then was uh, acting again and she was in um, uh, what's the one? Hair. Oh, and great. it was a thing about how because they strip off in that in that thing, and she was really proud to show off her scar. It was yeah. almost like, "Hey, I've come out of this on the yeah. other side." Yeah. Oh. Okay. So now the Matrix. So that's Jackson Mendoza. Yeah. So the songwriting and production team, they're a British American team. So it's Lauren Christie, Scott Spock, and Graham Edwards. This was their first time writing together. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be a one-off. They had so much fun. They went, "Hey, let's keep going," and boy, did they keep going. <laughs> So the next song was for Ronan Keaton, Keating. Oh. Then a song for Christina Aguilera. Then a couple of other artists followed. And then they hit it big time with a little song called Skater Boy. Oh, By wow. Avril Lavigne. They wrote Skater Boy and Complicated. Uh, they had either co-written or produced songs for Hilary Duff, Britney Spears, Rihanna. And then in 2005, this is what their 2005 was. They wrote for Shakira, <gasps> Ricky Martin, and... The entire of Korn's album, See You on the Other Side. What? <laughs> okay, a few things. Like I thought Korn wrote their own stuff. <laughs> they they produced and co-wrote okay. with Jonathan Davies and, and the other guys from Korn. Okay. Yeah. But so how did they find these Aussie I don't know. Girls? I don't know if the, the record label went, hey, we've got these two girls. Yeah. They need some songwriting team. These these three will pick you out because yeah they'd been working together like yeah. separately they'd been working but mm. not all three and maybe if the Jackson Mendoza girls came in a little bit later maybe they would have been bigger than yeah I think yeah. they they wanted to work on not as pop stars oh, okay. like hey they let's go and yeah. be actual actors or yeah, singers okay. but yeah incredible yeah that's a crazy story thanks Jackson Mendoza mm. all right oh here we go what okay. a song. You'll definitely know this one. Okay. We're going on a holiday. We're going, well, I would say Ibiza, but they say Ibiza. This is the Venga <laughs> Boys. Yes. Let's go. Hello, party people. This is Kim speaking. Welcome aboard Venga Airways. After takeoff, we'll pump up the sound system because we're going to seconds normally by now that have got to the chorus at least once Mm. maybe twice it's no boom 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 yeah that's Year 11. Yeah, this takes me back to a school dance or some sort of thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Everyone used to say, I'm going to eat pizza. Eat pi- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Weird Al tried to get in early. Yeah. Oh, it's, everyone's already done it. Yeah. So uh, Dutch Eurodance icons. This is from mm. the Party album. The song's based on Barbados by Tipoli Tropical, which is we're going to Barbados. Oh, okay. Uh, this got to number one in the UK and in their home country uh, of the Netherlands. It made people all around the world. Say Ibiza, yeah, not Ibiza, yeah, uh, and, and that's the way the Dutch the, the Dutch say okay. Ibiza. Okay, yeah. Have you been to Ibiza? Oh, I have. <laughs> yes, Did- I have in um, probably not long that long after this, maybe t- two thousand and six, five six around that peak clubbing time. Was it everything you thought it would be? Uh, I had I had an amazing weekend. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was really fun. I went to all the big ones like Pasha and I don't know, I can't remember them, some other place. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a wild weekend. One of my biggest regrets. Yeah, I went I went over to Edinburgh to I did spots, but I also was not doing a show. Was just watching. Mm. And the guy I was over there, I met him like he was Australian over there, mutual friend in Tommy Dasolo. He's like, hey, I'm going to Spain for four days. Do you want to come? Mm. I was like, oh, no, I kind of came over here to watch comedy. I better, I better, <laughs> what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's 27 years yeah. old. I should have just went to a fucking yeah, Ibiza party for four days. Because you would remember that. You probably don't, like, yeah. remember that trip, Dad. <laughs> oh, I went I went and saw Andy Zaltzman do a yeah. show. Like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it was good, but, yeah. Um, um, so this song uh, came back again in 2019 in mm-hmm. Austria. Because it was uncovered, the leader of the and deputy of the Freedom Party, so the two guys there, were offered electoral support by a woman posing as a niece of a Russian oligarch, mm. uh, and it was recorded. And they met in Ibiza, Ibiza, mm. Ibiza and um, when it was all uncovered, people took this to the streets to protest, and they were chanting this song what? at Parliament House. And so the Venga boys saw a market. They went. They went to Vienna. And they did an improvised street concert <laughs> and sang this song and it re-entered the charts over there and got to number 16. What? Yeah. Opportunist. I know. They're ready. <laughs> They're ready to go. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Do they not work? Like they must. I wonder if they just still live off royalties. No, they're still touring. They're still. Yes, yeah. they are because they came. I remember in Sydney they came yeah. a few years ago. They're quite often back in Australia, still has a big market for it. The UK has a market for them. Wow. And they're always, but they're always like the main act. Mm. They kind of, like, I think Steps supported oh. them and there oh, was. Steps, steps in, in support. I think there's only three members of Steps left. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not all of them. <laughs> okay. and, and the Venga Boys these days don't have the originals. Right. Yeah, but that's mm. all right. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Now this was a weird little time uh, for pop music and we'll get into it. But this is first time on the podcast for these people. This is Shaft and their song Mucho Mumbo Sway. (laughs) You'll know it when it kicks into the chorus. Okay. Be 
having flashbacks to Ibiza now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, okay. In high school, in grade 11 and 12, in my PE class, we did ballroom dancing. Yep. And this was definitely one of the songs that we did the cha-cha to. Isn't it weird that (laughs) our school did dancing as well? Yeah. It wasn't ballroom dancing. It it was uh, like bush dancing. Oh. It was heel and toe poker and like... Like line dancing. And also we did the Pride of Erin, which I'm not sure where that comes in. It It was getting... Getting people ready for their dead balls. Oh, yeah, of course. But it was every every year for like four weeks in the middle of winter in our school, we would do dance for PE, right. and it was the worst fucking every. Yeah. because like, oh, for a lot of for a lot of kids, mm. PE is the only class they look forward to. <laughs> yeah, that's and then true. for a month they're gonna fucking do like what, what was the um oh, the snowball waltz where oh <laughs> you, my god yeah. 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 Anyway, so I cut you off. So you did to we this? Did, yeah, and it would. we definitely did it to this song at yeah. one point. Yeah, because yeah, we did oh, we, we did the same sports in grade 11 and 12. So we did two terms of dance. Yeah. And we did the cha-cha, the waltz, um, can't, can't swing. Yeah. No, jive. Oh, the yep. jive. Yes. Um and it was actually it was it was pretty fun cuz yep. our teacher was like she could actually dance. So that helps. Mm. Mine was just a guy in shorts with yeah. his whistle yelling. <laughs> yeah. Um so this is based on the Perez Prado song Sway, yep. famously covered by Dean Martin. Mm. Uh, and on this one, uh, they got a session musician Donna Canal to sing it cuz they couldn't clear the rights for the Rosemary Clooney sample even though they did do a, send a demo out and that demo now is apparently worth a lot of money oh, because people are buying it. And uh, But anyway, they said, no, you can't use that. So they just got someone to come in and sing it. Okay. Got to number one in mm. New Zealand. Oh. Number two in the UK. It was kept off the number one spot by Lou Bega's Mumbo Number no. 5. Oh. Which is a very similar it's song. Very similar. Also based on a Perez Prado song. Oh, so, so Perez Prado had yeah. two songs in the charts in the year 2000. And didn't have to do One and two. Yeah, anything. Pop, pop charts are bonkers. Mm. Okay, so uh, it got, because uh, it was used for a TV ad for the radio station Kiss in London, this song. Okay. And um, then everyone's like, oh, what's that song? And so they tried to release it and then Rosemary Clooney's estate wouldn't give them the, the like, the rights. It's always mm-hmm. the estate. The artists yeah. are quite often like, oh, yeah, you can use it because they want to get, mm. you know, the fame. Um, and so they just got uh, Donna Canal to sing on it and uh, they made it a single and off it went to the pro- uh, to the record shops and they made a lot of money. So wow. uh, Shaft is Alex Rizzo and Elliot Island. Okay, so they're from the UK. They're just an electronic duo. They had this song. They had another song which went in the charts, which I think we might be talking about later on. Um, but, yeah, very hard to look up mm. Shaft because everything just goes to the 70s exploitation oh. or the Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson uh, films as well. Anyway, 
Thanks, Shaft. Thank you. All right, we're going to move on. Before we do, we're going to take a break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. And we're back. All right. This is a band I reckon you would know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you would know this song, though. We've Ooh. talked about this band in the past. Gillian Cosgriff uh, sang one of their songs at the live show. It's, she said it's her favorite song ever. That's Semi Charm Life. Oh, This is the follow-up. This is Third Eye Blind and their song, Never Let You Go. Sounds like Jessie's girl straight off. Obviously, I remember Third Eye Blind, but, yeah, don't remember this song. I don't remember this song at all. Mm. Uh, okay, so this is a bit of – I don't think we really talked about the band themselves. We talked a lot about the song, Semi Charm mm-hmm. Life, but not the actual band themselves. So the band, at this stage, songwriting duo Stephen Jenkins and Kevin Cadigan, mm-hmm. okay, and they had years of just toiling it out on the road uh, shopping their demo around. They got support slots for Oasis mm-hmm. and that went so well that Oasis actually got them back on stage for the encore mm. and then at the end of the gig paid them twice as much as they said they would. That's good. Yeah. Can that's... you imagine that happening in comedy? <laughs> <laughs> so Get back out here. Come back out, do <laughs> another five and then I'm going to pay you twice as much. I'm going to pay you $400. <laughs> you're going to get four drink tickets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so because that happened... Mm. It got a bit of buzz and Electra Records signed them on a, to a deal that at the time was the largest ever publishing deal for an unsigned band. Mm. Uh, but the cracks were already starting to show within the band because unbeknownst to the rest of the band, even though both Cadigan and Jenkins were signed to the deal for the record label, days prior to signing, Stephen Jenkins sec- secretly set up Third Eye Blind Incorporated as a corporation <laughs> and named himself the sole owner and shareholder. <laughs> So that gave him complete control over all legal and financial matters in the band. What? Yeah. This is wild. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Not only did it, but also had like the the nows to go, hey, I'm going to do this. And so when what? we sign it on as Third Eye Blind, I'm Third Eye Blind. <gasps> yeah. So Semi Charm Life is released huge. Yeah, massive. Yeah. So now this is the follow-up. Mm-hmm. And just before recording... So Cadigan finds out about the contract and, as you'd expect, loses his mind. Yeah. 
and Stephen Jenkins wants to kick him out of the band. And so realising that he could lose it all, this is uh, Kevin Cutting, and he goes like, oh, don't kick me out of the band. I still want to be in the band. He just wanted money. But yeah. he was like, okay, so he was kind of like played his cards and mm-hmm. Stephen Jenkins was like, well, I'll just do the band without you. I have control. And so he was like, no, please don't. Please don't kick me out, okay? And so they went, all right, we'll, we'll write a whole bunch of songs. And Kevin tells he goes, I just threw myself in the work. And we wrote so many songs. We had like 30 songs for the what? next album. They recorded the album all separately though. Like they wrote some together. Yeah. And then when they recorded, it was only one person in the, in the studio and the producer and that's it. They didn't want other okay. people in there. Okay. And then uh, when they finished all the songs, the band voted on which ones they should put on and none of Kevin's songs got any votes apart <gasps> from himself. And he left soon after the album came out. Oh. Yeah. So. That is an insane story. Yeah. So this song got to 14 in the US, got okay. to number one in Canada. Mm. It was written about Stephen Jenkins' girlfriend at the time, Charlize Theron. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> the, the hottest woman alive. <laughs> yep. Um, before she was uh, super famous though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but the bassist, Arian Salazar, he because he doesn't believe that Stephen Jenkins wrote it because he was like, well, I wrote the bass melody, the bridge, and came up with the chord progressions. And he said that Stephen Jenkins privately said to him, I'll give you extra profits of the song if you just leave your name off it. And so Jenkins was the sole songwriter. What? And I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a business thing. Or maybe it's like if you say to your very attractive girlfriend, I wrote you this song, and then when it comes out it's like, Hey, why didn't Arian write this song as well? You said you wrote it. Yeah, maybe that was it. Have you ever had a song written about you? No. Never dated a musician? No. Yeah, no, no no songs written about me. Smart move. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You? I don't think I've had a song written about me. I've had a play written about me. Okay, (laughs) that Trump song, I reckon. No, I'd much rather a song. Really? I don't want to have to go see a theatre. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Wow. You know, I think I've talked about that on a previous podcast that, mm-hmm. I've, that I've done, so okay. I won't get into it now. Okay. Go on the back catalogue, people. Okay. Or hit me up in the Patreon. I'll, I'll tell you the full story. <laughs> All right. Moving on. This is, this is actually well compiled here. I think these two bands fit well together. Okay. This is Sugar Ray oh. and their song Falls Apart. Just sounds like it belongs on one of those high school, oh. like American Pie or something like that. Oh. There you go. <laughs> it really is. That was the era too. Yeah. American Pie. Yeah. What was the one with Seth Green with goggles on his head? Um. Okay. Um. But it was all like scream. Yeah. yeah. Well, that scream was like ninety five. Oh, is that okay? But they're still making it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you did last time. But... Yeah. Classic. 
Thanks, Sugar Ray. What else did Sugar Ray? What was his every thing? morning? Was that every morning? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And uh, someday was from the previous album. Mm-hmm. This is not. I know. I know <laughs> why this is not as good as those songs because okay. on this single, both those songs are on it as the B sides. Oh right, okay. Like acoustic versions yeah. or oh, okay. live versions, and it's like, yeah, yeah that's how you yeah. get your money on this mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, those. You would have been the perfect age for all those movies as well. That yeah, kind of stuff that was, was big. That was big. Um, I think I remember this was like Fast and the Furious. Like it, maybe it just come out. I, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious. Real, I no. just saw the the one. The one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the one. I remember seeing it at Sunnybank Plaza in Brisbane, and um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I don't think I. Realised how many there would be. I'm looking up time. Seth Green IMDb because that, okay. that is going to, and it's, okay, so 99. So he'd, he'd done, uh, he'd done, uh, what's it called? Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he's in so much stuff. Fucking hell. Yeah. Because oh, he does all the voiceovers. All right, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. I know he was in uh, the, I think it's called Birds of Paradise. Uh, about Ooh. a family who moved to um, moved to um, what's it called uh, Hawaii. Oh, I don't remember. Can't hardly wait. Was oh, the film? Oh yes. There you go. Great. Thanks, oh Seth. Oh my gosh. Yep. Anyway, I got nothing else to say about yep. Sugar Ray. Falls yeah. apart. <laughs> Not I've his written, best. I've written two sentences and that's it. Mm. All right. Hey, this is the first time on the podcast for this band. Okay, great. We have mentioned them before in the past. Mm -hmm. They've come up a bit because of their previous album, Mm -hmm. which was winning all the awards at the Aries one year. This is The Whitlums and their song, Thank You, Brackets, for Love Me at My Worst. In 97 yeah. when Eternal Nightcap came out, yeah. I really, really yeah. loved it. Um, and I think I was the right age for that kind of this is earnest but also yeah. I can get into it because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not too dark because mm. he talks about everyday life kind of mm. stuff. All right, I'll get into the band. Okay. So formed by Tim Friedman yes. and Stevie Plunder, not his real name, Anthony Hayes, but he went by Stevie Plunder. They met at the Big Day Out in 92 mm. in Sydney when the pair of them couldn't get in to see Nirvana. Oh, that was the, the original? 90, yeah, the 92 uh, Big Day Out, Nirvana. <clears throat> I think it was a Horden Pavilion. Okay. And uh, 
there was other outside things and mm-hmm. everyone went in to see Nirvana and they couldn't let more people in. Oh. So that was January 26, 1992. Wow. Outside they were talking. Uh, they both knew they were in other bands. Uh, Stevie Plunder was in a band called The Plunderers with Nick Dalton who went on to be in uh, Lemonheads for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Freeman was in The Sunny Boys and they managed them for a bit as well. They decided to form a band together and they had Andy Lewis on bass. So Tim came up with a name because he liked uh, bands with surnames like the Smiths. Oh, okay. So that's good. Uh, Stevie wanted to call them the Three Nice Boys. <laughs> oh, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> so the first four years of the band, like any band, tour around a lot, uh, re- released some independent EPs, and in 95 their song I Make Hamburgers got Triple J play and was often played at, on Rage at night because I, I remember seeing it there mm. and liking it. Okay. It was a f- kind of a novelty song, had yeah. a funny film clip, and it was like, I remember it being played uh, quite often in tandem with um, Painters and Dockers' song You're Going mm-hmm. Home in the Back of a Divvy Van. Okay, okay. Okay, so I Make Hamburgers came at 79 in the Hos 100 of 96, mm. although on the day of the broadcast, which was January 26, also the day that Stevie Plunder's body was found at the base <gasps> of Wentworth Falls. Whoa. So exactly four years after they met, um, yeah, very sad. So what a what a very sad day for them. They, yeah. Songs in the Hot 100, but yeah. Oh, that's okay. awful. Tim Freeman decided to continue the band after the death mm-hmm. of his bandmate and started work on the very hugely successful Eternal Nightclub album, mm-hmm. Nightcap album. Mm-hmm. Um, and the song, No Aphrodisiac, mm-hmm. took out the number one spot of the Hot 100 the following year, January 26. The one year anniversary of Stevie's death. Oh, I just kind of tingles. I didn't know that mm. when when it was because they didn't mention this in the like all the press for. I mean, maybe they did. Yeah, but I don't, when yeah, I was sixteen, I wasn't paying attention to that. Mm. And when they were kind of yeah, you know, the album is is dedicated to Stevie. Right. Uh, so this was released from the album Love This City. Now this came out early two thousand. It is the follow up to the huge hit. Uh, at first listen, it seems like it's a happier record mm. than Eternal uh, Nightcap. Uh, but there is an undercurrent of sadness mm-hmm. and despair on it. Uh, the song Blow Up the Pokies was written about a previous bandmate, Andy Lewis, one of the nice boys, who sadly he committed suicide February 2000 because oh. he had massive gambling addictions oh. and allegedly he spent his whole pay in the pokies one night, had a young, like a wife and young child at home, and he just couldn't cope anymore. And so he uh, committed suicide. He was only 33 years old. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, so much, so much sadness. So two of the three yep, nice two or three. boys. Yeah, and so oh. he, um, one of the B's, I think the B-side to this or the B-side to Blot the Pokies is a song called The Curse Stops Here okay. about Tim Friedman yeah. going to gonna survive. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, Tim Friedman's still out there performing um, yeah, they, all the songs. Yeah, he tours. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that about yeah, the Whitlam's. I did not know yeah. that either. And there's another story which we won't go into because mm. it's all alleged, um, yeah, about another death, but that's fine. Mm. Anyway, moving on. <sighs> now this song, mm-hmm. oh, monster hit. She is <laughs> back and she is better than ever. Let's go girls. <gasps> yes. Let's go girls. This is, yeah, straight back to any high school party. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much quieter than the rest of the songs. I don't know what's happened. Anyway. 
still goes off. It's good. It still goes off. It was my uh, walk-on music for my last festival show. Love, yes. Yeah. Got everyone in a good mood. Yeah. Including me. Never got sick <laughs> of it. Did the show for a month, didn't get sick of it. That is so Walking good. What a song. Okay, written by Shania and that dirty dog, Mutt Lang. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the eighth single from her album, Come On Over. Eight singles. Eight singles. So the album came out in 97. This came out in 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that tour, the Come On Over tour, uh, it opened the show and it also opened her Super Bowl halftime show in 2002. <clears throat> but since then, it's been her closer. Every time oh, okay. she's toured, this is the last song she'll play. Okay. Incredibly, it only went to number one in one country. Here. New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Here it got to four. Okay. But it did sell over four million copies worldwide as a single. Yeah, I thought it would go higher. Yeah. Hmm. We've talked about Shania a fair bit. She's been on lots, eight mm-hmm. singles. Most of them have been on here. But here's one fact I found out about her. On a day of her performance... She will not have solid food. Right. And I don't know if I could do that. Not because of any dietary stuff. Yeah. She fears burping on stage. Oh, that's the fear? <laughs> that's the fear. I don't want to burp on stage so I won't have any food. I don't want any indigestion so I'll just have like She must smoothies. burp a lot, I reckon. I Man, don't know. That must be a real <laughs> issue for her if she's not eating and I, the day. I, I, I found that. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's called Chicken Shop Date. It's a YouTube, it's English. Oh, I mean, yeah. Amelia, I forget her surname. Oh, no, I'm thinking of something else. It's really funny. Yeah, okay. She just did one with Lewis Capaldi. Who, oh, okay. Who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. His music I don't care for, but yeah. him. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he sings. Yeah. It, she's really funny in it. And Shania yeah. Twain, like she's dressed up as Shania Twain in, uh. in the thing. And, yeah, Shania Twain goes with it. But, yeah, they. Is it like a carpool karaoke but. A little bit, but it's a bit like. Shop. Yeah, it's more like Hot Ones kind of stuff. It's an interview mm. show where she dates them. Okay. It's, it's it's a date and it's awkward. She oh. she's awkward. She's funny. She meant to okay. be funny, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's um, it's very good. Mm. I recommend it. Recommend it. Okay. Anyway, man, I feel like a woman. Great song. Great song. Great song. All right, we're finally here, people. <gasps> Speaking of great songs, I almost asked him to do it, but I thought, nah, I don't want. Oh. Here is Chris, the bloke Franklin, and his song, bloke. done well this is this is from 23 years ago yeah 
I remember normally, this. Normally comedy. Comedy is like fruit. Okay, mm. it rots. This, I'm going to say, like Pretty fine funny. wine. Pretty funny. But I remember this being played a lot. Oh, huge. Mm. Okay, so here we go. So it was a number one single. Yeah. In this country only. That won't surprise anyone. Yep. It was number one for two weeks. Two weeks? It was the 12th highest selling single of the year 2000. It sold more copies in Australia than the original did that it's parodying. Meredith Brooks' no. Bitch. It was nominated for the Best Comedy Release at the 2000 Arias but didn't win. Who? Unbelievably beaten by Guido Hatsis. <laughs> Tony Mokler's character <laughs> beat him. No. I demand a recount. Yeah. Justice for Chris the bloke. Oh. Um, so... If anyone who's seen Chris, like, he, if he does a longer set, he'll still do this song. Oh, will he? He'll okay. still do this song. Mm-hmm. He knows what the fans want to see. The only thing is these days people don't remember the original bitch. Oh. So he kind of has to explain what bitch was, oh. which he doesn't really need to because the song's funny. If you don't know the original song, yeah. the song is still funny enough. Yeah. If you know in the original source material, it, it heightens funny. it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the, the B-side to this was a song called Jack Off Australia. <laughs> Which was at the time we, we voted for a referendum to become a republic mm-hmm. and the yes vote uh, lost. Mm-hmm. So we're still in the monarchy. Uh, and his song was all about we want to get the Union Jack off Australia. Ah. Quite political. Very political. Yeah. Uh, Chris's story, he was a chef in the Navy. Yep. He served the Queen. Wow. He then took 10 years off. On, mm. And then didn't go back because his career blew up. He won the 1999 Raw Comedy Final. Okay. My friend Damien Lawler was in that uh, mm-hmm. final. At the break, Damien, the front runner to win. Everyone's like, I reckon you've won this. I reckon you've got it here. <gasps> Bev Killick was also in that. Oh. Um, and then Chris Franklin came out, uh. did this song. Blew the roof off the place. He did this song at Raw Comedy Final? Yeah, yeah. he won. There is rumour that Susan Proven thought he was a character, didn't know it was. Oh, Because what you, what you see is what you get. Yeah. And um, also, and he said this in other places so I don't feel bad saying it, the last uh, known case of scurvy in this country was Chris Franklin. <laughs> Because for apparently 12 months he ate nothing but pies and beer <gasps> and chicken pizzas. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But, yeah, it's crazy that a, a comedy song, that mm. I'll say this and then it, all of this will go, hey, you forget about this and this and this and this. Mm. But it was yeah. the number one song in the country for two weeks. Yes. I Yeah, it was it was on a lot. I do remember it. And it was the time where, like, you couldn't just like stream it on Spotify. You had to go, if you want to listen to it, you either had to buy yeah, 100% right. Hits Volume 30 or yeah. go and buy the single. Yeah. Or wait wow. for him to play it on the radio. And tape it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Great. He's got like, he's got like, the best hair. Yeah. He Well, he, he goes through stages where he shaves it all off. Really? Yeah. Um, also, always wears thongs. Yeah, always. Wears always. Thongs. No matter how cold it is, he's always in thongs. Yeah. All right. That is the end of Amazing. Side B. Oh, I can't of- believe we ended with Chris. I just gigged with him on the weekend. It all falls it. Yeah. Amazing. He's still doing gigs. That's good. Mm. Uh, all right. Let's go through these because mm-hmm. they say it's 100%. So let's see if Lizzie Who thinks it's 100%. Okay. <laughs> Starting off with Alicia Rome, Search My Heaven. 
Oh, I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad. Don't feel no, bad. no, She's that's not, not a hit. No. That's not a hit. Ninety-eight degrees. I do cherish you. Oh no, not quite. Venus or Mars by Jackson Mendoza. I hit. Yep, great. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Mm. Venga boys, we're going to a pizza. Yeah, it's a hit. Shaft, Macho Mumbo, Sway. Oh, hit. Third Eye Blind, Never Let You Go. Not a hit. Not a hit. Yeah. Sugar Ray, Falls Apart. Not a hit. Thank You, The Whitlams. Hit. Okay. Shania Twain, Man, I Feel Like oh, a yeah, Woman. hit. And Chris Franklin, Bloke. Yes, hit. Six out of ten. Sixty percent, that's good. That's, that's good? Very good. Okay. Very good. Sixty percent hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me. You got any shows to plug? Uh... Oh, well, one's tomorrow night, but this one. <laughs> this will be out tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday, July 13, Comedy Republic. I'm doing a replay of my festival show. Great. Yeah. So, woohoo. It's on at 6.30. If you listen before 6.30, get there. Excellent. Um, and then I'm going to Darwin Festival in oh, August, August 23, I think. Great. Mm. Have you done that before? No, but I'm excited. Darwin's so I cool. love Darwin. Yeah, it's so Big great. Big fan. Hey, mm. thanks, everyone, uh, for downloading this episode. If you want to hear the Hit Machine uh podcast go to patreon go to patreon.com slash d-y-k-w-i-a and that's where we do all the hit machine ones which will soon go into so fresh and uh stay tuned some big news coming up in the next couple of weeks about this podcast it's gonna be good anyway thanks everyone for listening we'll see you next time bye bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.